Welcome everybody to today's episode of Hardcore ER. Today I decided to have a very special guest and that happens to be my lovely wife, Mary Gardner. Hello everybody. Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a massage therapist, 20 years in the business. I focus on healing, helping, I focus on helping people with their pain, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, and I have a lovely wife in you, very talented, (laughs) and I'm looking forward to contributing to today's podcast. So Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit why you wanted to be involved in today's show? Well, I know through the years that we've been together now that you've shared with me stories, ones that you know, had a profound effect on you and some of them very much for me as well too, listening to them. And I remember you mentioning this story and at the time I thought I couldn't wrap my head around someone, how could someone get to this kind of shape that this person was in? And when we revisited it the other day, uh, you uh, you had added or included some details or just the way that you were telling it to me really moved me and gave me a new perspective on this story. And I think it's uh, the compassion that was exhibited by yourself and your colleagues in this case towards this person that really touched me and moved me. So I wanted you to share it with other people. Thank you. Well, you know, you're one of the few people that I have really actually shared any of these stories with outside of my colleagues because it is such a personal thing. And to be honest, it took me a while to even want to talk about this stuff. It was its hard. It's stuck in the back of my head, and it's, it's scary to go over them again, to bring up the past. So being that I've trusted you with, with these stories, because I know how compassionate you are, knowing that you are in you know, healthcare as well, that you would have a compassionate ear. So thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> and thank you for trusting me. I know it can be difficult, and but also very cathartic for you to, uh, to tell these stories. And I hope that it helps and touches other people. Yeah, that's, you know, I had a hard time deciding whether I was going to do hardcore ER. I heard from quite a few people that they wanted some more blood and guts, so to speak, uh, for lack of better words. And I really had to run this through my head because I thought, how far do I go? How deep do I tell these stories? Because they are really disturbing. If they're disturbing to me and other colleagues, they may very well be disturbing to the people listening. Because we have a window to some of the worst stuff. Just nowadays, do you not find that people have a higher tolerance to this because media, TV, shows have flooded the market with some pretty gory stuff and you could probably go online in less than five seconds and find something horrible. Do you think that may? I do think that that has had an effect. Definitely the popularity of sort of true crime shows and sort of CSI when it first started was very much something that was flooding the market and making people more aware of these types of programs. These programs made people more aware I don't. I guess part of my part of my thing is that sometimes I think there's there's too much in the world that we see 
But then sometimes I think we don't see the real impact. We see a glamorized television version of it, and we don't see what really a gunshot wound looks like or really what people that have been in bad accidents are like. And I think perhaps some of the violence that is in our world might not happen if people could see the human effect. I think it's human nature to be curious about these things on the most base level. Not because people are awful, but because, I don't know, part of me thinks that it, it could happen to them. And that's what makes us human, is that we can't, we aren't mortal. Or I mean, <laughs> we are mortal. We're not immortal. And we can, at any given time, crossing a street, minding our own business, be that person in the ER or in the news. So I think part of us, the rubbernecking that you see on highways and things like that is to say, holy crap, that could happen to me. I'm sure there's some element of loving of the blood and gore stuff, but I still think if we know, then we kind of know how fragile life is. And I think, I don't know, part of me is wonders if that's what people are trying to see what immortality looks like. And it often brings to mind, we want to hug our kids tighter, spend more time with family and friends and, and stuff like that. So that's me looking at the positive side of humanity. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't possibly think that everybody just wants to, to, to see the worst of things. You know, I have many friends that are into true crime and are true crime podcasters, and they're some of the best people I know. So I think it's a lot of it is digging down to what is life all about, what it What's the worst and what's the best? It's a shame that sometimes through tragedy or near tragedies that people s suddenly seem to value life more or, like you said, hug their kids tighter. And But sometimes we are going through life without really realizing how blessed we are. And I think sometimes it's those near misses or those, wow, that could have been me, that makes us appreciate what we have in our life more. Yeah, for sure, because I can't tell you how many times at the end of a shift when something really horrible happened that I just wanted to be at home. I wanted to be surrounded by the people I love and make sure that I, I told them that. But, you know, there was times when I left, I was just so angry and I just wanted to be alone so I could push it away or some, somehow process it or find a way to protect my family from it. So it's a tangled web. It, uh, humanity, death, dying, injury, it's all scary stuff. But I guess we've digressed here a little bit. I'm glad we, we talked about that, though. It's important because it does go back to what I was saying about how far, how much can I say in these hardcore ER episodes. Well, it, it gets to my guts and I'm, I guess, hardened a bit. And I don't know how much I want to share. And I don't know how much I want to say. I don't want to, like, freak people out <laughs> and tell them stuff that maybe they're not prepared to hear. But you know what? At the end of the day... We're adults, you can turn it on or not. And I'm not saying that in a jerk way. It's like, really, if you want, just hit stop. And that being said, I wanna move forward with this story that has touched Mary so much and is one of the stories that, it's not even a story, it's, it's one of the true life things that happened while I was working that I'll never forget. And I'll always think about this person. So I'm gonna get started here. Back when I was working in an adult 
hospital. I call them adult hospitals, but it's basically a, a general trauma center type hospital where everybody is seen there, not just uh, kids. We got a call in from paramedics that they were bringing in a lady that was in absolute terrible shape. And when I say that, it's probably the most horrible shape a person can be in. And why I say that is because this lady had been very sick at home. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. This is a lady that had a difficult life, struggled through life. She had had a history of addiction, alcoholism. She had a history of abuse, family, and you know people that have come in and out of her life. And she kind of lost her light a little bit. She was living in a apartment on her own in a really terrible part of town. So it wasn't a very nice place, so to speak. Not that she didn't want or deserve better, but it's where she found herself in life. And she became very ill to the point that she couldn't get off her couch. Now, she did have a kind of, sort of, boyfriend in her life that pretty much used her. And a daughter, who I think you'll discover isn't the best person in the world. Why? I I can only speculate. So this lady became very ill and couldn't get off the couch because while spending a lot of her time on the couch, it's where her TV was and it was easy for her to get around, she was unable to move her legs one day. She had had a sudden onset of paralysis from her waist down. And while in this condition, she had been incontinent and she wasn't able to shower and, and those types of things, and she had become ashamed of that. Things progressed over time, over weeks, over months, and yes, over a year, where she had stayed on her couch. She had not gotten off her couch in that time. What makes me so angry is that she had people coming to her apartment that would see her in this condition, her daughter and boyfriend. They would bring her cigarettes, sometimes booze, not judging. I gotta tell you, I'm not. Can't imagine her life. And they would bring her food. And of course, they would borrow money. They would crash there for a night or two and she really was at the mercy of these people. Finally, one day, and I can't exactly remember, forgive me for this, but I, that there was a call by ambulance, go to this woman's house and get her. I'm not sure if it was because of a welfare check or just because things had deteriorated so much. But she was brought into hospital, and this is where our story picks up. It seems that in the time that this lady had been lying on the couch, she had been lying in her own urine and feces for that entire time. Her skin had deteriorated and somewhat grown into the material of the couch. And the clothes that she had wearing had actually, her skin had grown over it. And there was very, very thick amounts of Urine, feces, oils and skins, you know, bacteria, all the horrible things you can think of. So they had quite a time bringing her into hospital. We immediately brought her into the hazmat room, which is a closed-in room where there's a shower, a way that we can decontaminate people. 
and this is not because she was some kind of animal or monster, it might sound terrible, but the fact is that she was covered in filth and she had maggots and wounds on her skin. We were covered from head to toe ourselves in hazmat suits with only, uh, well, really nothing showing because we had goggles and masks and our, we were covered from head to toe. And I can only imagine from this woman's perspective how scary that must have been to be taken out of her comfort zone, brought into hospital into a stark white room with nurses standing around and you could only see her eyes through plastic. I can't imagine her perspective on that. And what stopped her from coming in was her own sense of shame. She had allowed herself to deteriorate like this. I don't even think allowed is the right word. It's hard to put words to this, but she had lost faith. She had lost her light. She had given up. She had so much shame about her condition that she didn't want anybody to know. She didn't ask for any help. And unfortunately, the people in her life didn't offer it, didn't care enough. So while in the hazmat room, we had to remove her clothing and we had to cut off her clothing because, as I said, her skin had been embedded into it. We discovered what had caused her paralysis. On her lower back, there was a very large mass that had broken through the skin. It was a tumor that on her spine. And what you could see was it looked like a the head of a cauliflower coming through her base of her spine. I can't even imagine the amount of pain this woman was in. And this is where a lot of the maggots were. They were eating away at the flesh there. And she was in incredible amounts of pain. So even before we started, we made sure that she had pain relief. And we were incredibly gentle with her. She cried and begged for forgiveness, kind of. She was saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, forgive me. And it kind of chokes me up a bit because she had done nothing wrong and she had nothing to be ashamed of. It touched all of us. It, 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 it rocked us. We just kind of looked at each other through our plastic and the empathy I saw with the two other nurses I worked with was immense. And we all had sort of a hive brain because we all knew that we had to, without words, help this woman the best that we could with the most compassion possible. We spent a very long time cleaning her, slowly removing the clothes that had embedded themselves in her. We had, God, at least a two foot stack of warm blankets so that as we cleaned her limbs one at a time and things like that, that she was kept warm and comfortable. And after a couple hours, we had this lady very <laughs> shiny and clean. It was the first time probably she had seen her own skin and color in a long time. And we could see the actual degree of the disease. She was incredibly thin and she had sores all over. And yeah, but at least she was hair washed, all fluffy, nice and clean. <laughs> and near the end of that, she actually had a smile on her face and we got her to giggle a little bit with our silliness because let's just face it, some of the most silly people in the world are nurses because, well, why not? We have to be. <laughs> we took her down to 
one of the rooms where she can have some privacy. And we did everything we could to make her comfortable. We got comfy bed, the ones that have air in them, lots of blankies, every warm blanket we could find we brought to her. We made sure she had the softest flannel pajamas, anything and everything that she wanted to drink at her bedside. And just, she was kind of like our little celebrity. Not that we told anybody and went into detail, but we just made sure that she got the celebrity all-star treatment. I'm sure she appreciated that, considering the pain and discomfort that she was in. And I can only imagine how that would have filled you with many different emotions, anger, sadness, disbelief that someone could get to this state where no human should ever be. And I'm so glad that she had you and your fellow nurses to take care of her and give her some kindness and tenderness and TLC. And uh, I'm sure she was very grateful for that. Yeah, I, 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 it was all over her face. She spoke those words to us, but she really didn't need to, and we didn't need to hear them. But her, her whole demeanor had changed from a broken woman to someone who could smile. But this shows her inner strength as well, her willingness to get her own light back. One of the hardest things was her daughter <laughs> coming into the Emerge, you know, wanting to see her, wanted to carry on with the relationship that was in at the home, borrow money from her, get smokes from her, continue to take advantage of her. And we kind of shortened <laughs> the visiting hours quite a bit because, you know, you can actually visit a patient 24-7 in the hospital, but we shorted them down immensely to under an hour. But in doing that, we have to realize that because of the complications of life, this mother still needed to see her daughter. There was a connection there, so we couldn't totally take that away from her. And she didn't deny her coming in, but we did control in the most compassionate way, not mean way, to, to allow this woman to have the time to heal and take care of herself. She was there with us for about a day and a half because hospitals are packed, hospitals are full, but she probably got more care from us than she would have on another busy floor and that's not disrespecting the other floors, we just were so invested. Her prognosis obviously was very poor she had died within a couple of weeks of her coming to see us. But I believe that she died with dignity. She was surrounded by people who grew to love her and at the very least care deeply about her. So in her passing, through all the shame and everything she felt, she got at least a couple weeks to experience love and compassion. And... I hope that throughout her life she had, but at least we know that in her last days she did. So yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is, but for me it shows, well, you see how people sort of want blood and guts, and there wasn't much blood and guts in this. There's some stuff that's quite disturbing, but for me the blood and guts is about the heart and the heart that you guys showed, your large hearts, and this moves me to 
care for someone who had no one in their life that cared enough to help them. And I'm so honored and proud of you. And I just really wanted to share this story with others and I hope that they will, it will be mo moving to them as much as it was to me. All right, well, you've got me all choked up now. <laughs> you got two little red-eyed, eye-dripping girls sitting here right now telling the story, but I think you guys can see why I I share some of these these things with Mary. She has such a huge, compassionate heart, and it is definitely transferred to all the patients that she cares for as well, all her clients. Like Mary said so eloquently, to me, blood and guts in the ER is not what bones look like through torn skin or skull fractures or all that kind of stuff. The traumas, the most horrible things in the ER are things like what you hear, the matter of this story, real life stuff that is just goes wrong and not the, not the instant car accident from someone who's had a wonderful life. Please, I think you know me by now. I don't mean that that's not every bit as tragic. But those are the stories you hear and you see in the paper. The story I'm telling you or what I told you does not. And it's every bit as tragic. So on that note, while we're all well up in tears here, I'm going to end it. But this is Hardcore ER. I hope that you guys took something from this. And... Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I appreciate all of you who listen to this, and I would love to hear your feedback. You can always email me or message me, but I, I want to hear what you guys think and what you guys have to say, and I'm always open to hearing your stories as well, even if it's just between the two of us. Okay, so thank you for listening today. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for, ha thank you for having me. This Mary, the lady who's been behind this crazy project from the very beginning. So I want to say goodbye. Have a good day, evening, night. And remember to love and take care of each other. Take care of yourself. And that's the most important thing. Peace. One love. <laughs>